welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, a significant portion of which is underwater. We do not have a normal show for you guys this week. I'm recording this after the fact because when we sat down to do our normal Sunday night recording, uh, it just so happened that we had taken on so much water here in the outskirts of Chicago that at least two of your four co-hosts had basements which had calf-deep water. And I'm no biblical scholar, but I know that when floods get involved, it's time to stop and take stock. So uh, we do apologize. We try to be real consistent with the show for you guys. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I know how important and cool it is just for that to be in your feed every week. We are so honored that you guys make us a part of your week, that we uh, are there in your earphones. We really take that seriously and try to do our best to have an episode for you every week. But this time, nature itself intervened on us. But I think we did end up putting together something really cool for you. So if you've, as you've heard us talk about uh, with the COVID thing, we're not allowed to do our normal uh, bridge meeting. So we've been doing that online. We're doing that on our Facebook page every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Chicago time. You can look up your own uh, time zone there because I keep trying to figure it out and I keep messing it up for people. But 7.30 Chicago time every Tuesday, we're doing our bridge live cast and if you haven't been able to join us for those, or even if you have, we put together some highlights for you. We've got uh, some sermons from Lee, myself, and Glenn, uh, some music from Jed and our friends Pete and Tasha. And then we've also pulled the audio from what's been really one of the coolest things from our Bridge Livecast, which is we've had uh, shout-outs from you guys, from uh, a lot of our podcast friends who have recorded a little video on their phone and sent it in uh, to be shared with uh, the men and women who are at the bridge. And it's been amazing. So we've got uh, little shout outs from folks across the globe. So uh, I hope that the next 45 minutes or so is a time that's got some fun and encouragement. We will definitely be back with you next week, unless, I don't know, frogs or something else. Uh, happen on next Sunday night. Who knows? But we definitely plan to be back with you with a normal episode. As always, if you have a question, you can reach out to us, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. You can check out the Facebook Live at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thebridgechicago. It is a lot of fun. We do hope you can join us. And if you uh, yourself want to do a shout out video, want to share an encouraging message with the the men and women at the bridge and the other folks watching online, please do that. Uh, you can record that right on your phone and email it to us. Say that podcast at gmail.com. All of the uh, audio you're going to hear this week after this intro was pretty much recorded on somebody's phone. So some of it is a little uh, rough. We apologize for that. But again, uh, most of it's really good. Um, the, the content folks have been coming up with is just amazing and encouraging. And uh, I am... Obviously, I love doing the normal show and wish we didn't have flooded basements, but I am excited to be able to share uh, some encouragement, some glimpses at our Facebook Live experience with you. We'll see you next week. It feels very, very weird to do this at the top of the show as opposed to the beginning, but we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Here's that loud part now. Yes, Jesus loves me. the whole song. You've got it. I bet you're feeling good. I bet you're feeling comfortable. We're going to have a good time. So we'll take it back to the top and we'll try it together again. Oh, 
Hey, Bridge Crowd, this is Lee Younger. I'm one of the pastors at Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Longtime fan of the Bridge, first time video contributor. I'm excited to be with y'all tonight. And I wanted to share a quick little thought about a word that we throw around a lot. It means a totally different thing in the Bible than what we usually mean when we talk about it, and that's the word hope. Hope is an extremely important thing right now, um, but a lot of times when people use the word hope, and, and I'm guilty of this too, I'll point the finger at myself, I usually mean something different than the Bible means about it. When I say hope, a lot of times, I mean like uh, kind of optimism, or wishful thinking, or sometimes even insistence. Like if I say to my kids, hey, uh, did y'all clean your room? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I hope you did. That's kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of putting something on them, you know? Or if I say, I hope my favorite sports team wins the game, that's just wishful thinking. And that's not what hope is in the Bible at all. In the Bible, hope is an expectation of a certainty. It's something that we can expect because we are certain of it. We've been promised this thing by God himself. It's the expectation of a certainty that's based on the guarantee of someone who's in control of everything and always keeps his promises. Now that's a good word. That's not wishful thinking. That's not insistence. That's not me crossing my fingers or just pleading. That's me knowing something. Even though I can't see it, even though I don't have it yet, I'm certain. It's based on promises that we've received. This is what Romans chapter 8 says. It says, For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. That's where we are. We're in a place where we expect a certainty that we don't see yet, but we can hope for it with a sureness that it's going to happen. Now, here's where this gets tricky, and, and, and this is where we need to be real upfront with how we feel. Just because we have hope in what God has promised, it doesn't mean that we always feel like we're going to get the thing we're hoping for. The cool thing about this is that God knows our hearts. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. And so he wants you to feel comfortable with the fact that you can be honest. So what does hope look like? It looks like starting with honesty and then going into our certainty. 
starting with honesty looks like this. I don't like my situation right now. I don't want to be where I am. I want to be somewhere else. I don't like where my life is right now, but I believe that something better is coming. I believe that God is doing something I can't even see. And I believe that this tough situation is not going to last forever. We start with honesty and then we go into the certainty of God's promises. How do we get good at going from honesty into certainty? Well, that's where we need each other. I need your encouragement. You need mine. That's why we go to the bridge to sing together, to remember again the promises that we've received from God and to encourage one another. During this weird time, we may have to send each other messages or even write letters, but we still need each other. We get to start with honesty and then we go into certainty. This is not wishful thinking. It's not optimism. It's not insistence. It's us saying, I don't like where I am, but it's not where I'm going to end up. I'm certain that God is up to something. So we rehearse our faith. We sing our promises. We practice the truths that we're clinging to. That's what it means to have hope. Kia ora, everyone. I'm Bridie, and I'm currently in New Zealand. Um, I just want to share a quick encouragement uh, with you today, wherever you're watching this from, wherever you're tuning in from. Um, just want to let you know that there is hope in this season, that things will change and that things will get better. Um, we just need to hold on to hope through this. Another thing is to show yourself grace in this season. There are so many feelings going around. There are so many thoughts and emotions. I just want to say, give yourself grace. How you feel is valid. Whatever thoughts you're having are valid. Um, show yourself grace in this time. Uh, yeah, put yourself at ease. Um, yeah, it's okay to feel how you're feeling. And thirdly, uh, lean in. Lean into uh, your friends and your family, people you can connect with in your house possibly, but if not, lean in online. Connect in with uh, your friends and family, send some text messages, send some video messages. Uh, we are all in this together. Keep connecting with each other through this time. Hold on to hope, show yourself grace, and lean in. together again now. All right, so get ready. Here we go. I got four good reasons to believe. From the scars on his hands to the scars on his face. I got four good reasons to believe. Here we go. One, Jesus loves me. Two, Jesus loves me. Three, Jesus loves me. For God so loved me. One, Jesus loved me. Two, Jesus loved me. Three, Jesus loved me. For God so loved me. All right, that's it, man. That's all the lyrics. That's all the words. So if you're feeling good, then we're ready to rock this thing and turn up the volume. I got four good reasons to believe. From the scars on his hands to the scars on his face. loves me, two, Jesus loves me, three, Jesus loves me, for God so loved me, one, Jesus loved me, two, Jesus loved me, three, Jesus loved me, for God so loved me. Alright man, I think we're starting to feel warmed up now, so we're taking back the top, and we're going to really let it rip this time, so get ready, get ready, get ready. I got four 
love me, two, Jesus love me, three, Jesus love me, four, God so love me, one, Jesus love me, two, Jesus love me, three, Jesus love me, four, God so love me. Awesome. I think you guys are doing a great job and Jesus does love you. Hello, I'm Ruth and I'm here in Edinburgh in the UK. And I just wanted to share a thought I had the other day with you guys. Um, yeah, I was just lying in bed and I was waiting to go to sleep. And God just dropped this phrase into my head. And it kept going round and round. And it was this, love isn't running out. And it kept going over and over, kind of like an annoying younger sibling. Just like, love isn't running out. It's not running out. Still not running out. Love isn't running out. And um, yeah, I've just been thinking about that like, the last few days. And actually, it's been a really great reminder that um, God isn't stopping um, caring about me. Um, his love for me and his, um, the way he looks after my needs and desires is the same as it was two weeks ago. And the same as it will be in 20 years. Um, he has an unlimited supply for me and for you. And he's not distracted by what's going on outside. His attention's not divided in a way that ours gets divided. And this love is so different, um, probably from what we experienced growing up in our families. And um, it just takes time um, for us to sometimes remember uh, what we have access to and the kind of father we have. Um, as well, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get envious or confused when I see other people receiving um, so much blessing or so many good things. And actually, God's been reminding me this week that um, there's enough to go around. Like when someone over there, my friend's having a really good time um, and God's giving them stuff. Um, actually, it doesn't mean there's any less for me. And I just want to remind you guys as well to draw on that supply of unending love, the supply that was set up for you when Jesus died on the cross. And to not be reluctant to be receiving from that um, yeah, from your church family and friends um, in these days and to be sharing from that place. Um, yeah, his love isn't stopping. It's not running out and it's never failing. Um, I hope that encourages you guys as much as it's encouraged me this week. Um, yeah, you're wonderful and you're so loved and you're so seen. Bye. Hey, folks, my name is Matt. I love you. I'm so glad you're here with us on the bridge. I'm excited to be with you tonight. I'm excited to be with you every Tuesday, but I'm especially excited to be with you tonight because I want to look at one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. I don't know if you're supposed to have favorite stories from the Bible, but I do. So there's that. Um, the reason I love it so much is because it's a story about people with problems. And I'm someone who has problems. And I think if you're coming to the bridge, you're the kind of person who can admit that you have problems. Maybe there are meetings out there for uh, the perfect Christians who have everything figured out and never need any help, but the bridge isn't that meeting. We're all people who have problems. So this is a great story about how Jesus deals with people who have problems. And this is story comes up in the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of them. But we're going to read the version from Luke chapter 8. Starts in verse 40. I'm going to read the whole thing. It's very short, and there's so much good stuff in there. So let's read. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. 
As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him, except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. What an amazing story. And there's, there's two people with big problems in this story, right? And they have big problems. There's the woman who, in the crowd who reaches out to touch Jesus' cloak, which is, would have just been like a coat. She had a big problem. She had been bleeding for 12 years. And the other versions of the story tell us that she was bleeding in a way that in her culture made her unclean. She was ashamed, probably. She, she comes up to Jesus when she realizes she didn't have to tell everybody what happened. She says she's trembling. I think we all know what it's like to have embarrassing problems. Problems like this woman, that everything we try to do to fix it just makes it worse. I don't know if you're all blinked out from the launching pad, but I think we all know what that's like, right? But Jesus doesn't judge her. He isn't harsh with her. Calls her his daughter. Commends her faith. And sends her off into a, a good life. A healed life. The problem wasn't too messy for Jesus. It wasn't too embarrassing. Then we have someone who has a problem that's not necessarily embarrassing, but it's just too big. The girl is dead. You know, I first read the story when I was first getting into the Bible when I was a teenager. It seemed like a really, really bad idea to be one of the people who laughed at Jesus when he said the girl was going to wake up. But then I realized that I can really relate to those people. Maybe if Jesus has told you, don't worry, your, your romantic life is going to get better, or your job prospects are going to get better, or this thing that you think is way too far gone is actually going to come to life. I know I've laughed at those ideas. But he ended up being right. The problem wasn't too big for Jesus. 
uh, maybe we can all especially relate to the servant who says, you know, don't bother him anymore. If we'd gotten here sooner, we could have done something. But now we're too far gone. There's no such thing as too far gone. Not for God. We all have problems. We all have problems that are messy and embarrassing. We all have problems that are big and maybe feel like they're too far down the road to do anything about. But Jesus will take those problems. When we come to him, he gives us only love and acceptance and help. Who I am is who you love. Who I am is who you love. How I am is with you now. How I am is with you now. Who I am is who you want. Who I am is who you want. Now I know you'll help me out. Now I know you'll help me out. Jesus, do you wanna talk? Jesus, do you wanna talk? I got a road that I can't walk. I got a road that I can't walk. Jesus, why am I so wrong? Jesus, why am I so wrong? I've been hurting for so long. I've been hurting for so long. Who I am is who you love. Who I am is who you love. How I am is with you now. How I am is with you now. Who I am is who you want. Who I am is who you want. Now I know you'll help me out. Now I Jesus, what you got for me? Jesus, what you got for me? Will it really make me free? Will it really make me free? Is it something I deserve? Is it something I deserve? Jesus, tell me what I'm worth. Jesus, tell me what I'm worth. Who I am is who you love. Who I am is who you love. How I am is with you now. How I am is with you now. Who I am is who you want. Who I am is who you want. Now I know you'll help me out. Now I know you'll help me out. All right, amen. Hey, folks. This is Adam in Florida. I've been a friend of the bridge for many years, and I just wanted to drop this message of encouragement to you guys while we're going through these tough times. I know things are rough right now, but I also know that you men and women are some of the toughest people that I can think of in the world. You know what diamonds are. All kinds of people are willing to spend insane amounts of money, beg, borrow, steal, even kill for some stones. But do you know how diamonds are made? They all start as a lump of coal in the middle of the earth. And through a lot of heat and a lot of pressure, by the time they get to their surface, they're diamonds. You men and women are those diamonds. You've had the heat put on you You've had pressure put on you, and now you've come out the other side, and you are diamonds. You know what else makes diamonds special? They are some of the hardest materials on the whole earth. They can scratch any other thing, even steel. You folks are the same way. God has given you a ton of strength through Jesus Christ because you are precious diamonds to him. He will take care of you because you are valuable to him. He loves you incredibly. He was even willing to send his son to die for you. That's how much he loves you. I just want to encourage you with that. I want to leave you with this. The great king of God's people, David, wrote this down in the Bible about how God takes care of us. This is from Psalms 23, 4. 
even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. You are with me. Your shepherd's rod and staff comfort me. Wow. God will do the same for us, and he will do the same for you. Even though times are hard, if we follow him, he will be with us. He will comfort us. Amen. And just remember, I love you. I'm praying for you. And there are people across this world, across this country, who are praying for you and love you too. We've got your back. We'll make it through this together. Hey, everybody. It's me, Glenn Fitzgerald. I am super pumped to be with you guys. I love you. You're amazing. You're, you're doing great. You're looking great. Uh, some of you have been in your PJs for a month, but you know, you're still, even with that, I have too. So let's, let's all just be cool about it. Okay. We've, we've let a few things slide, but we're doing good and we're getting through this thing. So what we want to do is kind of mop up some of this junk thinking that the devil sometimes gets us into. And today's a perfect example. So we're talking about what happens when we're only going to God when things are bad and we're not going to God when things are good. And I think the idea behind that is we start beating up on ourselves and saying, well, you know, I only I only interact with God when I have needs and that's bad. I, I shouldn't go to God with my needs. I should just go to God and say, everything's great. I don't need you. None of that sounds right when I say it out loud. That's This is not what the Bible says about any of that. We're supposed to go to God. Yes, we're supposed to go to God in, in all different circumstances, but I don't like this thinking where we just say, uh, I, I, I have figured out something I'm not doing right. That means I'm a bad person. I think it's more complicated than that. So let's take a second to dive into that. First question, I want you to think about this. How often are you desperate? How often are you desperate? You say, well, no, you know, you know me. I, I I like to be cool. That's how. That's my main thing. Is I just I'm just cool and like whatever happens happens and you know let go and let God. And it's all beautiful and God's good all the time. And all the time God's good. So it's all it's all just a blessing. And I have a blessed life. Hashtag this and that. No. Now come on. It, how much of your time? I want you to think about this. How much of your time are you going to the Lord in a state of desperation? I've desperately got to get out of this job. I've desperately got to find a wife or a husband. I've desperately got to get a car. I desperately, whatever it is, it could be getting away from something you think is a bad situation or going towards something that you think is a good situation that you're not in yet. But either way, how much of that do you feel a sense of desperation about? I'm just desperate. It's got to happen. It's got to happen now. If that's you, and uh, we, we might leave some comments. Uh, is it over here? I don't know where. I don't know where it is. But we can leave some comments. Uh, if you if you feel that sense of desperation quite a little bit, then that might explain what we're dealing with today. Because if I'm desperate to have something, I have this weird aching need, and then I go to God, and eventually that need gets met. And then I go back to not being desperate anymore. So I don't have anything to talk to God about anymore. <laughs> and it's crazy how much of our life gets eaten up with desperation. Also, let me ask this question. How often do you sacrifice too much 
when you get desperate and, and too much of good things. I mean, how, how often do you, you know, here's a guy who's trying to get a, a, a raise and he ruins his marriage trying to get a raise or, you know, trying to work extra hours to, to get some money for something he's desperate for, ends up losing a relationship that means something to him. How often are we making these crazy big sacrifices, you know, maybe doing things financially we shouldn't do or making bad decisions because we're just desperate. I, I've desperately got to do this. So if the sacrifice somehow, the thing that we're giving up is bigger than the thing we're gaining, then the desperation has started to ruin our life. So we got to get rid of that. Here's another question I want you to ask yourself. How often is the solution worse than the original problem? In other words, I've got a problem. Here's my desperate attempt to solve it by doing this. So I said, okay, let's do that. I apply that solution, and then I ended up in a worse situation than where I started. How often does that happen? I, for me, that's happened a lot. So I need to have an attitude of being less desperate all the time. I need to find some peace in all of this. Here's the thing I want you to think about. I'm going to say this, and we're going to take some time and let it marinate, okay? Marinate. Nothing physical can make you happy. Nothing. Nothing physical can make you happy. That, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? If, if, here's a little girl. You give her a pony. She's going to be happy. But if you give me a pony, what you've done is you've given me a pooping machine that does not pay the rent. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is, this is a different... It's not a blessing to me. It would be a blessing to a little girl. That's great for her. But it wouldn't do anything for me. Well... So what that means is there's a difference. I would choose to be happy about that. She would, uh, I would be, choose to be unhappy about it. She would choose to be happy. And we don't need to make a judgment about that. We just need to recognize it's a choice. If you can choose to be happy, why not just choose to be happy? But see, this is the thing about desperation thinking is it gets us in a hole. And we're just trying to get back up to level ground again. That's a terrible place to be. We're, we're, we're never fully filled. We have pleasure, but we don't have fulfillment. And that's, that's a really small world and, and an unpleasant life to be living. I want more for you uh, on that, and God wants more for you on that. So I want to end this with this verse. This is Romans fifteen thirteen. I want you to think about this, and I want you to think about how often you feel full. Full, all the way to the top, full. Not, you know, down in the dumps and a little bit of pleasure, all the way full. That's what I want for you. And here's what Romans 15, 13 says, and we'll, we'll put it in the, uh, it's over here, I think. I don't know. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. May God fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So we've got to have that trust. We need to receive peace that's going to keep us from getting desperate. Then we have this hope that is filling us so that we feel full now. The things of the world cannot fulfill you, right? You, can't, you don't feel full. If I, if, you, if I give you a million dollars and I ask you, do you want two million? You'd say, I'm not full. Give me more. That, so that means money can't fulfill you. That's the crazy way of making that little uh, discovery, but that's the truth of it. But I like that last part where it says, uh, so that you may overflow with hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that you are so filled with hope that you're not only full, you're overflowing. The cup is overflowing. Other people around you are receiving hope, and the people around you need hope. So the first step for you and for them is to get away from that desperation and ask God to fill you now with that hope, with that peace, and especially that joy. We love you. God loves you. I can't wait to see you guys again. Take it easy. Hello, all super fans. I'm Guinevere from Malaysia. And I just want to give a shout out to all of you guys and also to encourage all of us in these difficult times. I mean, it's been a very, very crazy week. And I have not been out of the house for a few days. And that is super crazy. But despite the crazy, I know that God is still faithful that God is in control and I really thank God that He is someone I can rely on and I've seen that happen in my own life. Previously when I've gone through hard times, I know that He's always there for me. So I would like to encourage you and know and to tell you guys that God is for you and that He's a good, good Father and that He loves you. And I really, really, really thank God for technology right now that I'm able to encourage my brothers and sisters who are all over the world through internet and through technology. So yeah, um, I can, right now, I can't help anyone physically, um, but I know I can pray for you guys. And I have been praying uh, along with my friends uh, for what's happening right now, especially for those who are working hard, uh, who still has to work, and also those who are really, really affected very badly by this um, stay-at-home order or you know self-quarantine at home or lockdowns in certain cities in the world. Uh, so know that I'm praying for you from Malaysia and that, you know, I hope that we can get through this together. So stay safe, guys. Stay sane. I love you all, and I'll be praying for you.
this time.